Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. That's the Johnny McKegg Band. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. And I've been an S fan long enough. I'm wondering where Marino's All-Star nomination is. We're going to talk a lot of Smash Mouth tonight, gentlemen. Hey, now, you're an All-Star. No, 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 not you. The other guy. Piffles Podcast, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street. In Sass Drive, on Sass Drive in Regina. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at Real Alex D. Follow me at Safamod. And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Like like Jeff Fairholm. That that was not a pity follow, I don't think. I don't is it? I don't know. He follows it probably was. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool jeff Fairholm listens to us which is yeah. uh that's really cool and so it was a good episode i'm like was he drunk because he, he wasn't he wasn't listening to us he was probably listening to the old <laughs> like ray algard episode or something like that <laughs> starting back on episode one let's get to the opening kickoff <laughs> Uh, so there was a game last week, uh, a router game. I don't know if you guys watched it or not. It sucked, um, as we all kind of expected it to. Uh, Riders lost their season finale, thirty-six to ten, dropping their record to six and twelve. Um, I don't want to get too much into this because it was a preseason game for evaluation, and they still botched it. Was it though? Like, why they even dress Cody? Why not bring out Dalagala? Why not bring out uh, Lewis? Like, what? you know what? Somebody somebody said it perfectly, and I think the only reason Dalagala didn't get a look is they kept him around as an emergency third string quarterback after his DUI situation. I don't think he was ever going to be in the plans again, but they needed him just in case either Cody or uh, or Mason got hurt. He was there. He knew the playbook. I'll be shocked if he's back under. Uh, in, on the roster come next year. That's the only way that makes sense. If if they actually plan to bring him back in 2023, you could file that under a long list of roster malfeasance from the from this season. Well, they're keeping Levi Lewis around for next year. They signed him to a, a one-year deal, but it made no sense to not at least find a spot on the roster for this guy. I, I get keeping Cody on there so he gets his full game check. Um, he's not injured so he's not going to go on the injured list he's not going to accept a practice roster spot why would you do that uh so but you got to find another spot because if you're not going to play cody at all we already know what mason fine was going to give you he did he showed that in the first game against calgary and there wasn't much there this is this is a preseason game so so get levi lewis on the roster and just get him something get him one series at the end of the game it doesn't matter but just get him out there like, you didn't need yeah. to know the full playbook. Just limited packages. See what he can do. 
on the flip side, if you if you think this guy is maybe your your next quarterback down the line, do you want his first look during a season to be behind what resembled a colander for for an O line? I mean, that's that's how you ruin careers, and that's how you get fans hating a guy off the bat. If you want him to be a, a star down the line, maybe you you don't play him and you let him sit back and watch and. Thank his lucky stars you didn't put him out there. Well, I don't see that offensive line getting any better. So, I mean, why not, right? Um, another thing about that game that just made me question the coaching, and, and like to me that's obviously on Craig Dickinson, uh, only playing Mason Fine at quarterback. But Keen Schaefer-Baker was, what, 65 yards away from 1,000 yards. Just throw him the ball. Get him – a whole bunch of touches, let him get his bonus, and they just refuse to uh, – you take away his one big catch of 11 yards, he had four for, like, 15 outside of that. Like, it was an absolute joke. And it was – I mean, I spent more time looking at my phone than I did actually watching the game because that was way more entertaining than anything the Riders put on the field. And it was just a mess. And I think a lot of people really tuned out – uh, to that game and just didn't even bother watching in the first place. You know, but, like, like I was through a lot of road games this year, I was, I was driving, I was working throughout the game and I always have the game playing on in the background, always on Sirius XM for the, the away broadcast. And uh, I, I had, I had to laugh because normally I have people talking about the game and wanting to hear about it. Nobody even knew there was a game on that got in my car. People people wrote this season off weeks ago in in Regina, in the heart of Rider Nation, people were were, were done. I I listened to maybe 30 seconds. Maybe. And if you're if you're losing the 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 big fans, imagine what the, the average passer buyer thought about that game. But there was some good coming out of that game and uh uh, I'll, I'll point out two players here. Jamal Morrow, he looked good in uh, limited touches. Uh, had eight carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Looked pretty decent, but like a regular Jason Moss offense. Didn't get the ball very often. Best player on the field for the team that night. Didn't touch the ball. Um, and Anthony Lanier got the start after his, uh, I don't even know how many games he missed. Uh, with a concussion it was a lot it seemed like most of the year anyway at least the last half of the year um, but he ended up getting a sack in his return so that was that was good to see and hopefully he can be one of those building blocks in 2023 uh, going forward for the riders it was great but to see Lanier back because I was I was a little iffy about putting him out there just because dude's been out for the entire season like in a meaningless game like, why put him out there? But I guess you want to see still what he had in the tank. But I I think he's, yeah, something you can build around on that offensive line. And it was the uh, the big story came after the game with, um, okay, it was all about, okay, who's going to get fired? Is Craig Dickinson going to get fired? No, he's not. He's going to be around for 2023. Jason Moss. Travis Moore, the receivers coach, and Steven Sorrell, the O-line coach, are all the, the fall guys for the 2022 season as uh, they're all turfed. 
they're all gone. They're not coming back. And Craig Dickinson gets one more year, which coincides with Jeremy O'Day's one more year that he has remaining on his contract. So they get one more year to to figure it out and try to improve the team because I don't know why. I don't know why because I think Craig Dickinson should have been fired. And I said this before their long losing streak. And I don't think this is why I don't think they're going to get better next year. I don't think they're going to attract any big time free agents in 2023 because of this. And I think next year is going to be another very, very poor year for this team. I keep on seeing people saying that while Winnipeg almost fired O'Shea and look what happened there. This is different. Winnipeg sucked when they hired O'Shea and they hired Miller and they sucked for a little longer and then they got better and then they got better and they got better. And now we're stuck with the insufferable bomber fans that we got now. This team started off good under Dickey because of the previous building blocks and has progressively gotten worse. I'm a little concerned. The best thing they can do is get a really good offensive coordinator who's probably going to be their head coach if Dickey has a short leash, like a Kahari Jones. Like, I don't know, maybe a Marcus Brady now that he is no longer employed. Someone that the that players will want to come play for in case Dickie gets turfed. Because I don't know what the plan is. Because it's like O'Day and Dickie have a tontine at this point, And last one survives gets it. It makes no sense to me. But here's the problem. And somebody mentioned this on Twitter. You're, you're leaving a lame duck general manager and a lame duck head coach with their last year under their contract. What You're not going to get a guy like Killam out of... Uh, uh, or not kill him, sorry, like, um, oh my God, Mark Mueller out of Calgary. He's not jumping ship unless he's getting a multi-year deal. And would you sign a multi-year deal when your head coach and GM are gone at the end, or potentially gone at the end of the year? Who's gonna, who, who in their right mind is going to jump into this situation and go, you know what would improve my career? Joining the Saskatchewan Rough Riders under Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dickinson. You know, there, there's nobody out there. Maybe Greg Marshall. He might be the only might be the only guy in in football right now that could get better. Well, we haven't heard the last of him, so that is a distinct <laughs> possibility going forward. I I like the idea of a Marcus Brady, but is this a guy? So there's Marcus Brady, obviously former quarterback here in the CFL, um, was the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. He got let go. Um, I wouldn't be opposed, but I don't think he's coming to the CFL, at least not right away. He'll obviously poke around the NFL, see if any other, you know, positional, he may not be an offensive coordinator in, anywhere in the NFL, but quarterbacks coach or running backs coach or something. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be looking for that, but that's the guy who I, I mean, if I'm Jeremy O'Day, I at least make that phone call. I have to at least gauge his interest on what it could be and see if that's something he'd want to do. I think Kahari Jones is their top target. If he's not, I don't know who else would be. I think Lapo has enough years left on his deal. He's going to do the same thing he did after he got fired in Winnipeg, double dip while being on TSN panel every week. So he's, he's not coming. So I, I have no idea who's out there on who they're going to get besides Kahari or try to get besides Kahari. 
Yeah, give it another week and a half and let the rumors fly during Grey Cup week. I'm sure something will uh, will slip out then and we'll start hearing stuff around there. Um, Craig Reynolds had uh, – it was garbage bag day, and Craig Reynolds uh, spoke to media as well. And I know, Steve, you were, were thinking about this one quite a bit. Um, all of his comments when asked about the 2022 season and – not connecting with the fans this year. And Craig Dickinson basically just said, well, he really didn't say anything. Um, he talked in a circle and didn't give a, a proper answer, which I'm actually going to defend him on. He did the right thing there. Um, but basically said that they went out and got back out in the community, which they did. And just said that obviously losing isn't acceptable and we'll get better, but really didn't answer the question. And Steve, you were you were a little bit bugged by this. I, I hated everything about his response. I'm on the the exact opposite side of you. When you get asked a question like he was, where you're you're wanting to you're wanting people to ask about the the fans' feeling of alienation. Fans want answers. Fans want to feel involved. Fans fans want to feel a part of the process. And the worst thing he could do is basically talk around in circles while you know giving giving them nothing it it just it just to me it felt like he was doing a great job of further further alienating people and the, the part i hate about it the most he's he's right on one aspect we start winning fans come back sure but the problem i have is the fan engagement at the stadium the, that atmosphere at that new stadium hasn't been there for the last several years this wasn't just this year in 2022 when we were hot garbage in 2019 we hosted a west final the atmosphere still wasn't great people have been feeling alienated by this organization and taken advantage of by this organization since not long after 2013 basically since we moved into the new digs everything's more expensive everything is you know aimed at the business end and the the average fan has been spat on and and left left holding the bird i just i I, that's the biggest thing I hate about having Craig Dickinson as the, the face of the franchise. And we talked about this last time, where he doesn't seem to understand the, the fan side of things. He gets the numbers, and he get, and that's part of it. He talked about his net promoter score. There, I guarantee you there's not a single fan out there who gives a damn about the Riders' net promoter score. Nobody cares about that. We want to know real things. So that's where you need somebody in his spot that could actually convey that message to fans in a way that makes them sit back, listen, and and want to take part. And as long as Craig Reynolds is the face of this franchise, we're going to continue to see alienation. You know what it reminded me of was Randy Ambrosi speaking. Goes around in circles, says a lot, but says nothing at all. Now I get that. That's what a commissioner's job is to do is, is to kind of, you know, shield the owners and whatnot. But it really, really felt like it was, uh, it was like, Oh, things are great. Things are great. We're doing this. We're, we're, we're going to do great things. We're going to do great things. People don't want to hear that you're going to do great things. They want to hear what the great things are. How are you going to get me back into the stadium? How are you going to make me a big time fan again? Cause I'm starting to lose it. Right. Like it's just, 
they want specifics. And I, I get it from Craig Reynolds' standpoint. He can't give out all the specifics. You can't just say, well, we're talking about doing this and doing this. Well, if you say that and then you don't deliver on it, people are going to be pissed off at you. So I get why you wouldn't want to give specifics. But you have to – what would have been smart is for him to acknowledge that, yeah, we, we got away from what the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are, and that's all about community. And I know, obviously, with, with 2020 and 2021, you know, not being able to go out in the community, they're, they're out there. They're not, as out, they're not out there as often as they used to be, but they are getting out there, and hopefully that will continue to grow and you can find some stars like Keen Schaefer Baker that you can go out and market all the time. But you got to find these guys first. And right now they're missing that. They don't have they don't have marketable guys on this team to catch the casual fan. The hardcore fans, when you hear Derek Moncrief, yeah, I want to go see Derek Moncrief. He's great. He's an all-star. Well, now he is. Um, more on that in a little bit. But like people don't know who that is. The fate the quarterback the starting quarterback nobody knows who it's going to be in 2023 yeah, we well I, I don't know depends on who the offensive coach is going to be too like i don't know like it's this this whole team organizational and on and off the field is just a huge giant question mark right now and people don't want question marks they want answers and they're getting absolutely nothing from this organization there there is zero identity to this team as it stands today, none. And that's a that's a scary thing going into what is going to be a very ugly off season. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll we'll move to uh, Tuesday and Wednesday here on Ryderville. Tuesday, okay, decent enough day um, as the nominees for. Um, player of the year awards came out Mario Alford named the West Division special team all-star absolutely deserves that probably should win it if we're being completely honest because after he got traded from Montreal he was electric here in Saskatchewan and he was the only one for the rest of the season that seemed like he gave a damn he gave that gave a damn so he really should he had five touchdowns returning the ball he was incredible so he should win special teams player of the year so he's up for that really? award. Really? Yeah. This, this, will, this will be tied to our all-star conversation in a second. I, I think they kind of tipped the hand on who's going to win that one. If, if Chandler Worthy wins that award, they got it wrong. Because Chandler Worthy's the... an all-star and Alford's not. That usually tells you where that's going to go. Yeah, the, but we saw the what the all-stars went. meant. Yeah, we but, saw what All Stars meant today. Yeah, but nobody they, knows what that means anymore. Yeah, after they fixed it, I, that usually tells you where the votes are going. So Wednesday happens, <laughs> and the list of All Stars comes out. Okay, Key and Schaefer Baker's an All Star. Okay, didn't hit a thousand yards, but he was honestly the best player on the team this entire year, well, at least on offense, anyway. Um, okay. Cool, I like that. And then you start looking at the at the list, and there's a lot of omissions that probably should have made the list. And I'm not talking about the riders, I'm talking about all the other teams too. But then you look at what Toronto had, and they had what 16? 16 all-stars. All-stars. 16 all-stars. No one outside of Toronto like coaches can name more than 10 Argos, and they had 16 friggin' all-stars. 
Andrew Harris was an all-star and he played eight games. 4.3 yards per carry. No touchdowns. He all has star. the lowest, lowest yards per carry on out of any qualified running back. All-star. So now all of a sudden, okay, well, this list is a joke. And turns out it actually was a joke. Ha ha, kidding. That's not actually our right one jeff hamilton of the olympic free press tweets out that uh turns out that the league had miscalculations in their voting and uh the right one's going to come out later the right ones come out later and kian schaefer baker for the riders is not an all-star but thousand yard receiver no wait nick dembski is nick dembski has 700 yards what the yeah, I hate yeah, but he, he played on a 15 and 3 team, Greg. That matters. That's important. He won games. No, I mean, he, he didn't. didn't, his team did, but they won games. You get an extra 100 yards for every win your team gets. And again, Mario Alfred, not on that all-star list. The only rider to make the real all-star list was Derek Moncrief, and uh I mean, people are upset because Darnell Sankey wasn't uh, named an all-star, but when you look at the list, they actually have a cover linebacker no. spot. It's not just three linebackers like it used to be. So now you have to consider Sankey's up against guys like Cameron Judge and Adam Big Hill, and there's only room for two of them. Sankey led the league in tackles. To, to me, that to, though, that's a misleading stat. I, I don't buy the whole. He had he more. Had he also had more sacks than Big Hill. What 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 metric are we measuring here? Is it just be, like once again? Is it because he's a bomber and they won a lot of games, or is are are we grading these guys on what they actually do? Do I think that Sankey deserved it more than Big Hill? Yes, I do. This year, absolutely, I I believe so. I think that uh, Adam Big Hill was asked to do something different this year and, and actually drop into coverage a lot more. Uh, you know when he wasn't diving over the hell over the the piles on third and goal. When and, he was, what wasn't he doing the spear? Yeah, when he was uh, leading with the crown of his head, and never once getting called for it. Um, like but, Ralph Wiggum going through a window. Yeah, but okay, he had more tackles. Great, that's not the be all end all to me. Like I think I just think that tackles itself is a misleading stat. And and you're not wrong, but when you have significantly more, he had 50 ta- he had 50 more tackles than Big Hill. 40 more than Judge. Like the dude gamed in and gamed out. Half the time he looked like he's the only one who cared on that defense when they were getting blown out. How is he not an all-star? It makes no sense. There there is no calculatable measure measurement where you can look at the guys that made that all-star team out of the West and not have them rank lower than, than Darnell Sankey. I'd almost put Larry Dean right up there too. Only the second pair in CFL history to top a hundred yards. That's a pretty big deal. And if I remember correctly, when it happened in BC, both guys made that all-star team. Like I, I just, I, I can't, sit back and watch games we've watched this year, watch how Sankey balled out game after game and find where he wouldn't be on that. And he was pissed and he was pissed twice because they, they messed, they left him off the list the first time. And then when they said they were recalculating, we all thought, okay, they'll get it right this time. And then he, and then he was left off again. 
19 differences between those two all-star lists. They screwed up 19 times on the list. Just blows my mind. And meanwhile, uh, apparently, to- they say the waiting was off. Like, but we're supposed what? to take this league seriously when they do stuff like this? I'm trying to figure out what the weight was. Like, you can't tell me the coaches or even the um, media had Andrew Harris as top all, like as one of the top all stars in this league. The fan vote, I have, I'm very curious on who would put Andrew Harris on it. The only Let way it makes sense is if it, the vote came from Andrew Harris's house. Let fans vote for an all-star game. Don't let them vote for actual all-star awards because this is ridiculous. Fans should never vote for that. Never, ever, ever. Have a, have a separate award for a fans player's choice award. Sure. Yeah. Go have, there. Have, it's like the Nickelodeon awards, right? It's the kids choice awards or whatever. Just Are they the going to slime someone? Award. Yeah. Just it's the fans choice awards. Let, let that be a totally separate thing and then have the actual vote for real all-star but it just it was a joke that that this league got it wrong and i've heard indirectly who might have been in charge of that and i'm not going to say that person's name that's not fair to them because i don't know if it's actually true or not Uh, but it's someone at the league level that screwed up and it's just when you're already taking a bunch of flack for where's this halftime show? Oh wait. Um, but when you're taking flack already for this, right. And people are already soured on your product because of this, which is a shame because we should really be focusing on these playoff games coming up. And this is what we're getting. And it just looks so Bush league. And when you have hardcore fans like myself calling out this league for looking Bush league, how do you think a casual fan? feels well it's not even not even the fans like they pissed off a ton of players today like i have never i had a lot of actual players liking my tweet freaking out about andrew harris because even they can make no sense it was making them mad that andrew in for a mere couple of hours andrew harris was deemed an all-star by playing eight games with no touchdowns like the league like I can't believe that no one proofread that list going, are we sure this is right? Should we double check these numbers before we hit post? It just blows my mind. I, I could see if one or two were off, but like you can't you can't look at this and pin it on one person. I don't care who that person is. How this list got through CFL headquarters and nine different organizations that saw this and created social media uh their their videos or pictures or whatever for their graphics, I think, is what the hip kids are saying. Um, like how how it got through all of these people, and still nobody thought really Andrew Harris. I'm picturing Steve with a skateboard on his shoulder, going, "How you do, fellow kids?" I'm trying here. Okay, <laughs> we we gotta uh, build yeah. that younger op- audience, just like the CFL. But at some point, even the Argos would have should have went going, hey, 16 All-Stars, this seems even a, just a tad high for us. And no, like no one goes, both are nominees for most outstanding special teams aren't All-Stars. And the kick.
kicker was the worst statistical kicker in the league. Like, how? That, that honestly, the Andrew Harris one I could at least see based on name and somebody voting for him just because he's Andrew Harris. He's the golden boy. But nobody cares about kickers. Nobody cares about kickers' names. You're voting for the stats. And if you look at the stats and, and still voted, was it Boris Beattie? Yep. How did, like, that's the one that you look and go, okay, maybe something isn't right. Maybe, maybe somewhere on this Excel spreadsheet, a one should have been a two. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, that's why I won't pin it on one person or any, honestly, it, it's a, the league as a whole gets to take the fall for this one. It's embarrassing. And that, like, I don't know how else to explain it other than that. It's embarrassing that we should be focusing on two games coming up. One of them with Nathan Rourke's return, which should be a great story. Um, the BC Calgary game should be actually a really fantastic game, especially with the games that they played against each other this season being awesome games. We should be focusing on that. Instead, this is what we're getting. And the league failed. And it's just embarrassing. It's pathetic. All I know is that the BC probably has a better anthem singer and halftime show than the Grey Cup does right now. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So who is the Grey Cup halftime show? Bueller. Uh, it's it's uh, Bueller? Oh, I don't know about the halftime show, but at least the anthem singer is uh, is Tegan Little Chief, and she is doing it in three languages, which is kind of cool. First time that's ever happened in CFL history. Oh, they She's oh they announced. I missed that announcement. It, it hasn't been announced, but she. Uh, she tweeted it out that she got the call for the for the uh, that the or sorry she Facebooked it out she got the call for the uh, the anthem and then he went hashtag trilingual anthem. There, I've never heard her rock the anthem por- or sing the anthem poorly in my life. She belts it out great, and I'm I'm here. I'm excited to hear it in in Korea. I don't think she's ever done that in a game, so that'll be uh, that'll that'll be nice. That'll be a good touch. And maybe she, she has. I'm trying no well no well no, I not at the riders. I'm trying to she did the anthem at the Thunder um um orange game that we did. And I'm now I can't remember if she she switched into Cree or not. But be, being that close to her, like she, she can belt it out. Like it sounds amazing on the mic, but when you're that close in person to her, because she, she was on the mic, but I was right beside her, I was like, wow. She can sing. Yeah. If if they do nothing else right, they they got that one right for sure. You don't need a a, a not that she's not a celebrity, but you don't need that that huge name to to rock the anthem. She'll she'll come out and kill it. Well, there's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty onto our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Um, and yeah, just that halftime show. It's just, it's, it's not even to me about the name anymore. Like it's not, I don't care. I really don't care who the name is, but it's just, it does, it doesn't matter if it's a B, B list, if it's a C list, it doesn't matter. Spin it whatever way you want CFL, make it sound, but hype it up, make it sound great. And it's we're ridiculous. It's taking this, this long. And like, we're, as we record this, we're 18 days away from the game. And still nothing. There's not even any rumors coming out. Like there's people just throwing stuff at a wall, obviously, but hoping it sticks. But everybody's making fun of it. And I know, okay, I got into an argument 
with a few people on social media. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the Great Cup halftime show because we're going to watch the game anyway. It's not marketed towards us. Exactly. They're not marketing to me. They already got my my money for my game ticket. They already know I'm going to watch on TV. They already know, you know, I'm going next year. They're not marketing to me. They're marketing to a younger audience that doesn't watch the CFL. So it doesn't matter who the name is. You have to spin it and make it sound like it's a great name. It's the biggest thing of all time. Everything you do, CFL, should be the greatest thing ever. That's basic marketing. Very basic marketing. Everything you do should be big. And they've just botched this from the beginning. The fact that it's gone so long, the narrative has become, why haven't they done it yet? And all you're doing is just fueling speculation. And then you had Craig Reynolds last week at that press conference joking that, oh, yeah, don't worry, they've been secured. It literally sounded like we finally got got something. And the worst part is the Riders have nothing to do with it. This is a league thing. And you got poor Craig Reynolds out there. And I know we don't say poor about him a lot, but he's the one basically getting questioned about this. And he has nothing to do with it. It's the league's problem. And it's funny because pretty much everybody from a league level has been silent throughout the whole course of the season, really. But where's Randy Ambrosi been? Who? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, where has he been? Not that he should be out there every single day and and be out to one game a week and, and doing interviews like that. Not that often. He should not be doing it that often. But where are you, man? Like, people probably don't even know who you are anymore. That's how long it's been since anybody's seen you. Do a media tour again. It's been on, a while. On TV, on radio. Just get get that out there and start hyping this because there's no hype towards the Grey Cup anymore. All you're seeing about Grey Cup is people selling their tickets left, right, and center. That's literally the only mention I ever see it on social media right now is where's halftime show and, hey, I've got some tickets for sale. That's it. Uh, Speaking of tickets for sale, the Ottawa Red Blacks raising their ticket prices after (laughs) yet again not winning at home all season long. And (laughs) uh, fans are not happy, but you get a free hat. With your seat on it. Yeah. Collector's edition. I mean, it's better than a shoelace. I, I, I believe, and I, the Red Blacks prices have been pretty stagnant since they came in the league. It had to happen eventually, but it would probably help the cause if they would actually win some games. It's, I, I had a chuckle at the Red Blacks fans freaking out. I gotta admit. I'm very surprised the riders haven't raised ticket prices since we moved into the new stadium. I, I've been waiting for that uh, shoe to drop, but uh, I guess the more they keep losing, the less likely they are to do it. So that means Edmonton's got to be doubling their prices then, right? I hope so. They haven't done <laughs> at home in a few years. Didn't, didn't Edmonton just announce that they're uh... – they're doing $15 walk-up tickets next year. I swear yeah. I saw that. Uh, 
I, I didn't see that, but I admittedly haven't really been on social media all that much to look at that kind of stuff. So, but I mean, they, they can afford to be able to do that with, with yeah. all the, you know, a 55,000 seat stadium at Commonwealth, they can afford to do all types of promotions and whatnot. But a place like Ottawa, where you literally have fans saying, I'm not going to renew because you guys keep getting worse and worse and worse. And they think that they're going to be a great cup contender because they got there a couple of years into the Red Blacks franchise. They were, I don't want to say gifted it, but they were <laughs> right. But like they, they want a winner there and they're tired of one other fans making fun of them for folding guilty. I do that all the time. Um, Which time? Uh, the second time. Okay. The first time. It, the first time we will allow them. The first time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're allowed one. Everybody's one. allowed one. But to do like it twice. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, it's just like they're sick of that. They're sick of of not improving. And they won free agency this year. And everyone's saying winning you free agency no means crap. You had Riders no in 2015 won the free agency. What did that do for us? Yeah, Milt Stiegel was on record saying they're going to win the East. Lots of other panelists and, and pundits around the league were saying Ottawa's the team to watch out for. Granted, it didn't help that they lost their starting quarterback four weeks into the season or five weeks in, whatever it was. Uh, but still, that. but still, like they just, I don't know. Like it's just <laughs> the whole situation there is 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 bad, and it's not getting any better. And they don't have a head coach going into next year as of right now. I can't see it being Bobby Dice. I like Bobby Dice as as an assistant head coach and special teams coordinator, but I think that's where he peaks. Yeah, I don't see Bobby being their head coach. And it's just that that whole organization is just it's a mess. They have great ownership and whatnot put into place, but just the on field product is a mess. And fans don't want to sit and wait for it to get better anymore. And that's just fans in general. That's not specifically Ottawa fans, but fans want a winner. And with the amount of how much entertainment at home. Dollar, how much the entertainment dollar is around, and, and especially in a in a city like Ottawa where you have the the senators who are a young, exciting team that okay, they're gonna be really good soon. Are the Ottawa Red Blacks gonna be really good soon? Because we've been promised that for how many years? And they haven't gotten any better. So, like, their fans are just fed up with it. Here's the problem, though. Like, you can lose. You can have a losing record, but at least win a couple of games at home. Give your fans a reason to go to the stadium. There's supposed to be home field advantage for a reason. And for some reason, this year, Red Blacks didn't have it. Edmonton hasn't had it in years. The Riders, their home losing streak sucked. Like... I don't know what it is, but teams just don't seem to win at home anymore. I don't know if that's a parody of this league or what, but it's just home field advantage is not what it used to be. And uh, one other thing here on our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones, uh, the CFL fans fight cancer uh, event coming up at Grey Cup. Um, the Saturday of Grey Cup on the 19th, it's at the Canadian Brew House. East Regina, the East location in Regina, uh, November 19th at 1 p.m. So it's just after the Spirit of Edmonton. Make your way over to the Brew House. Have fun. And we're gonna have a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, 
I know, Steve, I just gave you a box with a whole bunch of stuff in there for prizes and whatnot. Let's just kind of go. We don't have to say, obviously, everything that's in there. But what are some of the some of the prizes and, and things up for grabs at this event to, to get people out there? And of course, I should also mention that all proceeds from from this event, every single dollar is going towards um, fighting cancer here locally in Saskatchewan to the Alan Blair Cancer Clinic. So yes, there, there's there, there have been a ton of prizes dropped off um, from organizations, from people across the CFL from teams within the CFL, some of the big ones that are going to be on the table. There's one, uh, there's one major prize that we haven't announced yet. Um, but check out the CFL fans fight cancer uh, Facebook page for details on that one coming soon. But some of the big ones, there's a, a CFL fans fight cancer branded mini fridge uh, that was donated to us a um, game or a, a game authentic Calgary Stampeders uh, helmet signed by the entire team including future writer star, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. Your best friend. My best friend, my buddy. Um, an autographed Jake Wieneke jersey, uh, one that I know Rider Nation's going to love, an autographed Simone Lawrence jersey. Uh, what else? I do I, need to welcome that. Right? Um, I love Simone Lawrence. Get out of here. Then race him, you coward. <laughs> yeah, it's all on me. Um, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of stuff that... You know, not to not to throw anyone under the bus here, but the uh, the Hilltops have donated a an autographed helmet. Uh, the Huskies Ouch. have autographed and sent in a, a game worn helmet. Uh, the Rush have donated tickets. The Bombers have donated uh, uh, a pack. A bunch of businesses in the city here. I I need this event to happen just so I can get all this stuff out of my basement. And I have a box in my place for you yet. Yeah, you can bring it the day of the event. I will be in Montreal, so I will not be doing that. Oh, damn. But it's it's going to be a great time. If you've never been to this event, it is honestly, and this is this is not me trying to push the event. This is my honest thought. It is probably my favorite event every year at Great Cup. It's just one of those you sit back, you relax, you have a few drinks, and you raise a ton of money for a great cause. So uh, so come out 1 p.m. Brewhouse East, 100% of money raised. Uh, goes to the Allen Blair Cancer Center and the uh, the Cancer Foundation will be on hand as well. So they'll have 50-50, um, or not, sorry, they'll have 50-50. Uh, they'll have debit and credit machines so they can help if you don't have cash on you. There will be a raffle and a 50-50 draw. So tons of, tons of fun. Uh, and I know in the out. box I'm giving you, I have a autographed SJ Green best catch that never happened uh, picture, so. And I know the uh, Zach Caleros signed football just went from the raffle not too long ago. Last week, I think it was. Um, just dropped today is uh, for two weeks, you'll have a chance. It's another raffle. We'll be doing it online and it's going to be leading up to the event. It's a signed uh, dual fr framed George Reed photo signed along with a 1966 Grey Cup program in the frame. Um, so what better rider legend to get than, than George Reed and tickets for that super cheap one ticket for five bucks, three for 10, uh, 10 tickets for 25 bucks. So all that money's going straight there. And we're going to, that goes until the 16th of November. So two weeks. So that's going to be this two Wednesdays from now. 
uh, is when the last day to get tickets are. We'll do the draw the next day and somebody's going to be getting that sweet prize. That's on Twitter and Facebook as well, Pivles Podcast. Uh, check that out there. And I'll be running that and, and everything. So if you have any questions, ask me about that and I can send more pictures. But there's it, it's going to be a great prize. And there's so much uh, other stuff that's going to be there for prizes and and whatnot so i'm looking forward to that event that's going to be that's going to be a blast here in regina and that's one thing i'm actually i'm more upset probably missing that because i'm in montreal than me possibly missing the Grey cup game i'm landing at three o'clock on sunday and i'm more pissed about missing this event as you should be because otherwise it's it's just gonna be the bombers winning the Grey cup anyway um Oh, I, I got hope for BC. It's I, I, I'm team anyone but winner. I'm, I'm out of the West. I want BC in there. Absolutely. Like if BC goes, if BC goes into Winnipeg and beats Winnipeg, and beats Winnipeg, that is my Grey Cup, right there. I don't care after that. It's all gravy. Uh, so with that, let's look at the couple games this week. We got the Tie Cats and the Alouettes in the East. The Tie Cats are they the most dangerous team in the CFL right now? Just because. They're on a roll going into the playoffs. They've been to back-to-back great cups, albeit haven't won them, but are so, they the team to watch? So help me God, this great cup ends up being Hamilton, Winnipeg 3. I may like call a bomb threat into the plane myself because I don't want to get home from that. It, I, I would like to see Hamilton actually finally win one because there's a lot of good fans over there that are dying for a great cup right now. And Evans has looked like the quarterback we thought he should be. He's been looking really good the last couple of games. So, yeah, I think I honestly think Hamilton's going to go into Montreal and take, uh, basically take their lunch. I don't think Montreal is that good. And I think Hamilton is peaking at the right time. I, I can't Something. disagree with that. My I, Hamilton's just putting it all together. We thought they would be the team to beat out of the East, and they faltered to start the year. But the the way they're putting it together now, and they're putting it together on both sides of the ball, uh, hard hard to argue. And for that reason, if you're Toronto, you want Montreal to win, right? I think it doesn't matter if it's Winnipeg. I was not Winnipeg. If it's uh, Hamilton or. Montreal, whoever wins the East final is probably going to be Toronto. I don't care if Toronto won the division. I think whoever comes out of that game is going to roll over Toronto. Hmm. And the uh, the West game, the Stamps at the Lions. Great news about this one, besides Nathan Rourke, obviously, is the upper deck has been opened. Oh, I thought um, you were talking about Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, I don't remember her. I was supposed Will to. Will you remember her? Only if she'll remember me. Um, but the upper deck. <laughs> Got a look on Steve's face. <laughs> the upper deck. Well, first it was, it was us talking about Smash Mouth. Um, All-Star. Hey, now you're an All-Star. Nope, not you. And now he's got that song stuck in his head. Now he's got Sarah McLaughlin stuck in his head. He's going to kill us one day. Um, upper deck is opened in BC, which is great news. Uh, it's been a long time since that building's been packed uh, like that. So that's a, it's great buzz in the city of Vancouver, which is exactly what this team needed um, with the new ownership and whatnot. They're and wearing their gunmetal. They should be treated to one hell of a game because, I mean, 
You got, look at all those receivers that BC has. You have the most exciting player in the CFL in Nathan Rourke with BC. But then you look over at Calgary and look what they've done with their running game this year with Kadeem Carey and Mills and, and Logan Payton, or Payton, Logan Payton, Payton Logan, Payton Logan. Um, Was he Ricky Bobby? They got some, they got, yeah, they got some dynamic players there. This should be one hell of a game. This game is probably going is going to be won in the last minutes of the fourth quarter. Like the the games that they played this year were electric, so this one is going to be even probably just as great, if not better. Um, yeah, there's going to be some spe- like and BC's doing it right. Like this new ownership, I can't I can't speak highly enough of it. It is it put some new life in this team by everything they've been doing off the field as well, and yeah, like. It's going to be good. They're wearing their gun medals. They're psyched up. It it's going to be a great game, and I think BC is going to come out and go to Winnipeg. I, I think it all comes down to how Nathan Rourke performs. If he can find that touch that he had to start off the season that that made him a anonymy anonymy a nominee for uh, most outstanding Canadian, I think I think BC runs away with it. That team just has too many weapons to. Uh, to contend with if he's firing on all cylinders. But what I saw last week, you know, he, he was off for two months, three months. He's, he's not there yet. And it's one of those, can he get there in time for the, the biggest game of his career? Which actually leads me to uh, my last question about this game, which team has the better chance of turning the game around if it goes bad for them to start? If Nathan Rourke isn't playing up to speed, well, you got Vernon Adams there. If you're Jake Mayer, who's never started a playoff game. If things go south for him really quick, you got Bo Levi Mitchell, a Hall of Famer, a two-time Grey Cup champion, a top 10 quarterback of all time. When you look at, you know, you put everything together, this guy's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. Greatest winning percentage. Like, this guy just doesn't lose. I can't wait until he goes in the Hall of Fame as a writer. (laughs) <laughs> which team has the better chance of turning it around if it goes south fast? Depends on it depends on uh, what's not working. If Mayor's firing in all cylinders, but the defense isn't holding up, you're not going to switch to Bo. So, it, honestly, like if the offense is faltering, I think Calgary has a slight le- slight advantage with Bo over uh, VA. But I love VA too, so. It's it's going to depend on why what what's not working to, to make that decision, Steve. I don't know why I'm so torn on this one. I I, I honestly it's a coin flip to me, hundred percent. It's a coin flip between VA and Bo, who's going to be our quarterback next year too. I think <laughs> it doesn't matter. Which whichever backup comes in and wins it, the other one is our quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, make our picks for this weekend's game. Who's going to the conference finals? Hamilton at Montreal. Greg, you already said you're going with Hamilton. I, I'm going double feline. I'm going Lions and I'm going uh, Ticats. I don't want to agree with Greg, but I think he's right. This is a really frustrating experience for me. Embrace it. Ah, yeah, I can't. I can't pick the stamps. I, I will next week if they win, but yeah, 
BC Hamilton. It just makes sense. What's that uh, Macho Man quote? You may not like it, but accept it. Is that? Uh... Uh, you may not like it, but learn to. Ugh, I need to get in there, but I can't remember either. Something. I don't know. Anyway, don't know. that's how that's how Steve's feeling about agreeing with Greg. Uh, I'm it with hurts. you guys on Hamilton. I want it to be C to be BC because um, I think they would actually have the better game against Winnipeg. Uh, the, the more exciting game anyway um, in the West final. But I think that somehow the Stamps just pull it out. I think their defense is just playing just too well right now in that running game. If they can get that running game going, they're going to be really tough to stop. I want it to be BC. I really, really do. But I think Calgary is going to pull it out at the end. I don't care who comes out of there as long as they beat Winnipeg. And then subsequently loses to Hamilton in the Grey Cup. I'd be fine with oh. that, too. I, actually, you... if, if I'm in the stands and Hamilton wins the Grey Cup, it'll, it'll be awesome. Could you imagine the entertainment of Simone Lawrence running around Mosaic Stadium with the Grey Cup over his head? <laughs> it would be beautiful. Because if you go to his feed right now, it's constantly filled with Ryder fans going after him. Well, he... Okay. He, I love, he I love Simone, himself, but he, he, he started firing live rounds for no reason last week. I'm not saying he probably didn't need, need to blow off some steam and some people didn't deserve it. I know one who probably really deserved it and got it, but <laughs> he brought it on himself on that one. Like he, he, he went out of his way to do it with no one actually like engaging first, which is great. Because now they know how it felt. All right. Well, I know last week we said that we we're going to look at who the true must keeps are on this team going forward. We're going to push that back a week because this whole CFL All Star votes and the firings all just kind of happened. So we'll uh, we'll we'll look at that next week. The true must keeps of the Riders uh, going forward into 2023, and also who's it going to be, Bo or VA? We'll have that discussion on the next Piffles podcast. Until then. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by a great oh, nothing, friends. Nothing about the PFC champions? You're already wearing the shirt. We were going to give them props, but they didn't donate anything to the fight cancer. Thing, I so. will fix that. I, you know what? I tell you what. The, the uh, Canadian <laughs> Bowl the Canadian Bowl is before the Grey Cup. Before then. So I will the 12th. Get you, uh, the 12th. Uh, Thunder are hosting the Okanagan Sun. You can get your tickets now. Um, a Saskatchewan team in a national championship at Mosaic Stadium. Uh, but yeah, I will get Steve some Canadian Bowl merchandise for for the CFL fans. So yeah, no, it's both teams are undefeated. The the only loss one of these teams is going to feel is in the Canadian Bowl. So imagine playing your entire season, and the only game you lose is literally your last one. Just gotta win your last game. That's all it's about. Winning the last one. It's going, be, it's going to be a fun game. And it looks like the long-range forecast says the weather is going to be fairly decent up to then. So it'll be a beautiful afternoon at Mosaic Stadium. Let's hope because the week after does not look as nice. No, it does uh, not. It does not. <laughs> remember, remember Grey Cup in 2013? It may not Minus be that 40 cold, all the way up to Grey Cup Day. Oh, yeah. It may not be that cold, but it, uh, it won't be much better anyway. <laughs> 
Our Pimples Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks, as always, go out to Kathy Feston of Royal Page from Regina Realty, uh, Churchill Brewing Company, and Kurt Angle for their support making this show possible. And for once, Greg didn't laugh at that, and I'm a little bit disappointed by that. You may not like it, but learn to accept it. <laughs> Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFP and the Canadian Football Podcast Network. This is uh, not going to be Smash Mouth All-Star. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. The ghost behind your mind.